Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome to Golf Talk Live. I'm your host, Ted Odorico, broadcasting live every Thursday, 6 to 8 p.m. Central, from Panama City Beach, Florida, home of the world's most beautiful beaches. I want to take this opportunity to thank everyone for joining me on my weekly broadcast. Every week, I'll feature some of the best instructors, coaches, authors, and entrepreneurs in the golf business today. I begin with a great discussion on Coach's Corner, followed by an insightful interview with my special guest. So let's get started by introducing tonight's Coach's Corner panel. All right. Thank you, everybody, once again, for joining me here uh, tonight on Golf Talk Live. And as always, we've got a great show for you tonight. Uh, as mentioned, uh, I'm going to bring on the Coach's Corner panel here in just a second. Uh, and then a little bit later on, I'm going to be joined by the golf announcer known as The Voice himself, Mr. Peter Kessler, uh, is going to be joining me here on the show uh, on the second half. So I hope you'll stick around for that. Always an interesting uh, conversation with Peter. Um, but again, thank you, everybody. We're already in the month of May. It's uh, hard to believe, but uh, 2019 seems to be just zipping along. And uh, as I was just ma- mentioning to the uh, panel here, we're gearing up for another hurricane season here in about a month's time. So keep your fingers crossed and keep us in your prayers, especially down here in Florida. Uh, we've we've had enough of it for uh, many years yet. So, uh, but again, appreciate you guys joining me uh, on the show tonight. And let me just remind everybody as well that uh, the Coach's Corner panel, of course, is sponsored by GolfSwing.com. They've come on board again this season. Uh, GolfSwing.com, with its cutting-edge technology, have teamed up alongside some of the best golf instructors, coaches, and swing gurus in the business. And together, they have created one of the best video teaching and training online platforms in golf. Uh, So if you're ready to break 100, 90, 80, or even 70, then join their online video academy and learn from some of the best. So join GolfSwing.com today and watch, practice, and improve your game. All right, guys, uh, let me just bring the panel out here, and uh, we'll get into tonight's discussion on the Coach's Corner. Uh, First up, of course, is Bill Abrams. He's a PGA professional and owner and director of instruction at the uh, Golf Solutions uh, Academy in Belmoral Woods, Crate, Illinois, as well as in the winter months, you're going to find him down at the Grand Palms Resort in Pembroke uh, Pines, Florida. Uh, He was also the 2017 Uh, Central Illinois PGA Teacher of the Year and the 2015 Illinois PGA Professional of the Year. Also joining on the panel tonight is Jamie Leno-Zimron. She's a speaker, instructor, body worker, and consultant, and she's also an Aikido six-degree black belt, as well as a Class A LBJ Teach Professional. Uh, She's a corporate and conference speaker, executive trainer and coach, and speaker for Visage International and the Executive Committee of Canada. Uh, Rounding up the panel, of course, is Pete Buchanan, uh, founder, director of instruction, and owner of Plain Simple Golf LLC, which, of course, houses the Plain Simple Golf Circuit and the Simple Swing Repeater Training Brace. And my good friend Peter has been teaching for over 30-plus years in the golf business. So everybody on the panel is very, very experienced and always a pleasure to have them on. Guys, welcome to the Coach's Corner panel. Thanks, Thanks for having me here. here. All right. We've got a few different areas that we're going to talk about tonight, and I'm going to sort of, um, as we go along, sort of lay out some of the the groundwork, if you will, and then we'll get into our discussion. So I'm going to go, uh, I think what we'll do tonight is we'll start in the order that I introduced you and work down the list, and I'll sort of mix it up as we go along. Um, Everybody and everything, it seems, this day and age uh, revolves around the word fast. You know, we want fast computers, 
uh, you know, we want faster cars and, and so on and so forth. And a question that seems to uh, fall in line with golf is how can I get better at golf fast? Everybody wants to improve fast. And there are a few things that can improve uh, very easily. Very little change can help you to get fast. And Bill, I want you to start tonight. We're going to talk about a few things uh, like address position, uh, obviously, um, is, is a key factor. Um, a lot of people are worried more about distance, and we're going to talk about that a little bit later on. Uh, but actually hitting the ball straighter uh, is going to help uh, improve your golf game. Uh, the short game, we're going to talk a little bit about that as well, particularly from six feet in, which, of course, is on the putting surface. Uh, and obviously, we want to be able to hit more greens in order to have uh, access to some of those great putts. So uh, those are just some areas we're going to start with. So, Bill, let's sort of unpack that question a little bit. And how can I get better as, for our amateurs listening out there that want to improve fast? What are some things that they can do um, right now as we get started, uh, especially in the Northeast with the golf season? Great question, Ted. And I think it's uh, pretty timely as well when we're seeing all the people uh, trying to rebuild their swings on tour and get even better. Um, and in my humble opinion, I feel the first place we have to go is to get you uh, very stable at setup um, and engaged with the ground and then be able to carry that on into the swing and have very good dynamic balance throughout the golf swing because you hear about tempo and pace and everything else. But if we don't have that good engagement with the ground and the stability and then the ability to make a, a motion and still stay on balance, it's going to be a moot point because you're not going to be very consistent. Yeah, well, well said. Balance is a is a key, obviously, uh, and I think just working on your your swing is great. But I think that if you're not doing things correctly, that's going to uh, create all kinds of uh, issues along the way. Um, and, and Jamie, I want to talk about some things, um, uh, sort of understanding your physical limitations as well. Uh, as well as fueling the body um, is, is an important factor as well. People want to get uh, better at golf fast. They always say, well, you know, how, you know, what can we do? And they're always looking for this quick fix. Well, there really is no quick fix, if you will, but there are some things that we can do that will see um, sort of immediate uh, results. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about, you know, how we can, by fueling the body, how that's going to help, and also understanding and learning our sort of physical capabilities is going to help as well. Well, these are really good questions, Ted, and um, I think you're right about the people want things fast. I always joke that if we, if I would uh, put out a line of uh, pills, and they could be herbal, you know, they could be holistic, but people would buy them, and then they would be called distance, accuracy, consistency, whatever, you know, if I could, you know, just sell pills, right. people could take a pill and they'd get those things. They would, they would prefer that, but it really doesn't work that way. Um, in terms of the body. Um, there is so much that can be done um, that will quickly and honestly quickly improve people's uh, distance and accuracy and consistency. And those things, uh, <clears throat> the way I approach them, they have to do with what I call universal principles for success. And they do relate to us, and we we're just saying, uh, relating to the ground and setup. So uh, when, you ha when you're centered, when you have balance, when you have stability, when you have enough strength in your quads and your legs and your hip flexors and your back muscles, your, um, your spinal muscles, um, then what happens is now all of a sudden, you know, you're not, and you understand uh, around what happens when you sway or move off the ball as opposed to staying centered to be able to deliver all of your energy 
powerfully into the golf ball, that helps. When you understand the target line so that you take the club back along the target line and you release square at the ball and you extend down the target line, that makes a big difference. You also need some flexibility in your lats and, uh, you know, different areas of your body, um, spinal rotation. And so, for example, I have worked with countless golf tournaments where I just come in and I do a warm-up before everybody goes out. So I have 10 or 15 minutes. I give them a few of these principles. We do a few golf warm-ups that I call Make Your Golf Club Your Health Club, and then they go out and play. So we haven't really worked on their swing uh, per se, but we have worked on these things, and and I show how they relate to your swing. And then I go out and I kind of bop around and I hit some shots with everybody. And I have people getting mad because they're knocking their their clubs over the green. (laughs) They're all of a sudden hitting it so far. Um, And it it never ceases to amaze me, and it doesn't cease to amaze them. But it makes so much sense that when you have stability, when you stay centered and can deliver centered contact onto the ball, and when you have a certain – Uh, strength and flexibility that doesn't take a ton of time and heavy-duty workouts in the gym, unless you're a tour player, but that's something else. Um, You know, and you can do some exercises at home, 5, 10, 15 minutes every day, or even in your office. Oh, my God, you are going to improve. You're going to have more power. You're going to be able to um, sort of uh, have a container so that you can deliver your energy into the golf ball because, you know, when all is said and done, it's your energy that makes the golf ball go. We have to um, use our body properly and have the, enough strength and flexibility and balance. Those are the three key things uh, to be able to deliver that energy properly into the golf ball. Um, and the other thing that I do is I teach what I call swing patterning, which is kind of borrowed from martial arts, this, this idea of form or kata, we call it in Japanese. And the golf swing is basically a repeating form of your backswing, downswing, impact, follow-through, those three phases of the golf swing. When you start to pattern them and know, you know, how, how, you, use, how you use your body from your feet up into your upper body, uh, all of a sudden you start to make repeatable swings. Those things can quickly help people to improve. Right. Well said, Jamie. Thank you. Um, Pete? Uh, I want to go back for just a second because uh, a couple of points I mentioned, there's a, a one or two more I want to throw in there as well. Um, because I know as we all do in, in this business, um, you know, we want our students to be able to hit the ball straighter. Um, and certainly we want them to hit further. We're going to talk about, as I said, we're going to talk about that, but hitting more greens, particularly with your wedge shots and, you know, sort of fo- focusing on that short game distance over direction um, sometimes as well. And the other thing is sort of improving your, your pace putting. In other words, setting a benchmark. Um, you know, Clint, uh, who's been on the uh, panel many times over the years as well, always talks about setting a benchmark um, so that you, you can lag putt very well and, and so forth on the green. So talk a little bit about, uh, again, the importance of short game. If we want to improve fast, there's an area that if we work on some of the things that we can be doing uh, as golfers out there, uh, and obviously, as professionals, uh, as teach professionals, what we can be helping our students if they want to see fast results. Well, there's no question when you're talking specifically from a distance standpoint, if your short game is, is really, really good, then it gives you more confidence off the tee to go ahead and, and hit it because you know you can recover if necessary. So there's a way you can free yourself up a little bit by having a stellar short game uh, and, and have that move into your long game and give you more confidence in that. 
Uh, there's no question the short game is a huge part of it. I mean, you know as well as I do, you've seen some of the things I do. I have tons of drills I do with the short game, and it's all about repetition and distance control, especially with you know anything coming in from, from 60 yards on in and being able to repeat those and get full control, what I always say, full control over the golf club so that you can control those short shots. And, and get those to where you're really, really confident in not only in the technique, but also in the repetition of being able to play those shots when you need them. And there's no question that the putting has always been a huge part of it. Um, too often overlooked, you know, you have those rounds where, you know, they say, well, if I just drove it better, I could have scored better. And, you know, they have 43 putts and you just look at them like, well, let's talk about this for just a second. And so, you know, you can't neglect the putting. It's it's something that I know for a lot of people is, is a little bit boring to, to practice. Um, so I always right. have games that I like to play to break it up to make it easier. Um, but also just emphasizing the importance of, of, you know, what putting can do for you. I mean, it can make up for so many errant shots. You know, as I've always said, and, you know, you get this question a lot, you know, what's of when you're playing a hole what's the most important shot and to me if it's a par four the fourth one is because if it doesn't go in it's not five so the, mm-hmm. the putts are, are always really important because you can hit three pretty scraggly shots and make a long putt and you've got a four so right you know the, the the putter can save you more more strokes but also can free up the rest of your game as well as the short shots um you know inside of you know, about 60 yards uh, to make it so you can work on some more speed or be be a, a little bit more free to, you know, to go after that drive and maybe hit a little bit further knowing that, you know what, if I miss this one, I can recover. And not that we're, we're trying to get them to miss, but it just frees you up a little bit when your your short game is more sound. And, you know, the scoring is going to be in there anyway. You know, inside of 60 yards, you know, if you're going to score, you have to play those shots well. And we all know that when when professionals play their best, they have very few of those. And amateurs have them all mm. the time. So they need to practice right. them all the time because those are the shots they have. Those are the ones that are going to help them. You know, if you look at the number of greens you're going to hit, and if you're hitting five, six, seven, eight greens, well, then you better start working on your short game and let the short game help you score while you start working on getting more greens and regulation, uh, which then can, you know, offset that a little bit as you go. But, uh, you know, there's no question. I mean, short game is, is vital. You have to have it, and, and, and you have to be able to putt well um, to be able to score. And, and, you know, when I was out at the Q school last year for the web.com, every single solitary, one of those players out there can putt all of them. Yeah. They wouldn't be there. Yeah. And just watching how much time they spent on the greens in preparation for that Q school is enormous. And, um, you know, you just, when you go to your club, you just don't see that many people hitting putts, you know, so you, you wish you did, but, um, yeah, it's really amazing how much time and effort they put into it because it's so important. Right, and and you're exactly right. What well said, uh, Pete. Um, you know, I, I think a lot of amateurs have it backwards. I, I think that you know, obviously, we we all want distance, and we're, and we're going to talk about that here in just a second. Um, with, I'm going to start with you, Jamie. Um, but I'm a firm believer that I want my golfer to be more accurate with their golf shots because I think when you're uh, once you become accurate, uh, you know, an accurate ball striker, an accurate putter. Distance will then follow um, with certain key factors. And I think what a lot of people do is they get out there and they're trying to get more distance, but they're spraying the ball all over the place. So I want to, uh, Jamie, what we're going to talk about here for just a second, and then I'll move on to the guys as well. Um, and the obvious question is, where does power in our golf swing come from? 
Um, it comes really from a combination of things. I'm going to read this and then I'm, I'm going to get you to respond to it. Uh, the combination comes uh, from a combination of uh, body twisting around a slightly moving uh, pivot point, uh, arms and hands swinging up and around in the backswing and then down and around in the forward swing, which of course uh, happens in uh, a split second. But let's be a little bit more specific. I mean, obviously it's not just the swing of the club. There's, there are certain movements of the body that take place uh, that help us to generate the speed. And we're going to talk about, you know, how, do, how we can do things to increase the speed uh, as, as well in a moment. But in, in your uh, opinion, where does a lot of the power in our golf swing come from? In my opinion, and I'm on a mission in life, <laughs> everywhere, <laughs> power comes from the lower body and, mm -hmm. or the, and also the core, what we call the, the center and the hips and uh, everything working in proper sequence. It does not come from the upper body and trying to <clears throat> muscle it with your arm. And if you think about it, so much of golf instruction is centered around shoulder turn and straight left arm and, and that sort of thing. And my experience is that most golfers really are not taught how to use their feet and how to use their their trunk and, and how to have properly sequenced movement from the lower to the upper body. Uh, it almost seems like we don't have footwork in golf because we're not really going anywhere, right? Um, but that's not mm -hmm. true. There's a lot of footwork in golf. <clears throat> and, uh, and the swing moves up from the ground, from the feet, through the knees, through the hips, and then into the upper body. Um, there's some specifics on that. But um, that is so absolutely vital. So my mission in life is to get people to start golfing and living from their neck down. <laughs> We're mostly up in our heads right. and in our upper body. <laughs> and once again, too much of golf instruction is so focused right. on the upper body. And pe people are always talking about that and thinking about that. So that's one thing. Um, another thing that I think is really important is to go through all the athletic movements, which I do with my students. If you're uh, Casey at the bat or you're making a pitch or you're a quarterback throwing a, a football 50 yards downfield or you're playing tennis, a forehand actually begins in the feet. A backhand begins in the feet. A baseball swing begins in the feet. Uh, a 90, 100-mile-an-hour baseball pitch begins in the feet and the core and the lower body and then comes the arm. So, um, you know, this is where it happens. If you go through a free throw, you go down. The athlete, the basketball player goes down. These guys are, you know, six, five, seven feet tall. They're huge. They're muscled. And they go down in their lower body. And then everything, the energy, everything kind of comes up. And then their upper body and their hands are very soft and relaxed. And so what we can learn from that is that we need to connect with our lower body. And when we have strength and stability in the lower body, the upper body can be relaxed and that way we can have, um, you know, uh, um, we can, we can generate a lot of speed in our release. But if we're holding the club tight and we're tense and we're just thinking about our upper body and we haven't engaged our big muscles and in, in our core and our lower body, we're just going to be trying to whack at it with the upper body. And this is where people lose everything. You know, they lose distance, they lose power, they lose accuracy, right. they lose consistency, and they're very, very frustrated. There's one other thing I would say, and that is that it's important to stabilize your back leg. So that's your right leg if you're a righty and your left leg if you're a lefty. I remember 
doing some research once and uh, getting way back into obscure golf magazines from the 70s and 80s, and a question was asked of Jack Burke Jr., great, great instructor, what's your favorite feeling in the golf swing? And his answer really thrilled me because it's something that I teach. And he said, it's the feeling of turning around my posted back leg, <laughs> turning into it yeah. around my back leg. And most people, their back leg, it kind of buckles out to the side or it straightens or it does all kinds of weird things. But it isn't just strong and solid. And then you can turn into it and load into it. And then you can push off of it and voila, lots of power. And so once again, I call it the secret of the back leg, the secret of the back knee. And that back leg is almost like the blind spot in our car when we're driving. Our brain has a really hard time relating to our back foot and knee um, and our back leg in our golf swing. But we really need to start creating that neuromuscular connection to the back leg and learn how to stabilize it so that we can load into it and then push off and unload from it. That's where there's a whole lot of power waiting for people. Right. Well, well said, Jamie. Um, Pete, one of the other things, too, as you know, that we've, we've heard over the years uh, in, in golf instruction is our arms uh, certainly do play a role, but, um, you know, to, to sort of have that, that like a rope feeling when we're swinging our arms uh, to, to be sort of very loose or, or a lot of times I've even heard people refer to it like an elephant's trunk, just sort of swaying back and forth. But really, that's not uh, exactly true. Um, you know, as Jamie pointed out, we certainly don't want a lot of tension. Um, but at the same time, you know, in order to get that power, obviously it starts with the lower body, but eventually the arms and the upper body do uh, play an important part. Is that a misconception um, when it's been said that the arms need to sort of have feel like a, a, a loose rope, if you will, and swinging and to create a natural swing? Or is there a certain amount of tension in our upper body in order to, or muscle, if you will, it's engaged in order to make it function properly? Well, I would say, first of all, you have to have, you know, some freedom to be able to swing the club. Um, I think all of us are going to hold on uh, instinctively enough through the swing tight enough so we don't throw the club down the fairway. So I think you'll adjust to that as you go. And sure. those that have higher speeds are going to have to hold it a little bit harder. And it also depends on what ball shape you have. I mean, you know, if, if you watch them, I have some guys that, you know, uh, fight a, a very, very close club face. And they're holding on to that thing pretty tight so we can slow that face down. Um, and so, you know, it really depends on, on, on really what you're looking at. I don't think it's a, it's, I don't think it's just a one thing you can say about everybody. I think in a general statement, you can say you want to stay loose and you want to be able to have some freedom. Um, you know, the lower half is important, but, um, you know, I don't, I don't discount the upper half. Um, you know, you can't right. gain club head speed if you don't swing your hands and arms. I'm, uh, you know, that's, that's reality. You have to swing your hands and arms if you're going to gain that speed in there, but the lower half can help you to do that and help you maximize what you're doing. I, 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 it is important. No, no question. And, you know, mapping all that together is, is very, very important. So you have to have all the parts, but um, you know, the hands and arms are important. Um, I, I think they need to have uh, some sort of flexibility into them to be free to move. Um, but I think depending on the, you know, the individual, some, some may have a little bit more, uh, a little bit more tension in there. Some may not really depending on, on, who they are, what they've done. But uh, I think, you know, in, in all things, we're, we're trying to coordinate the both halves together. And so I think a little bit of freedom is going to help. But uh, again, um, 
you know, I, I remember asking John Jacobs, I said, how tight do you hold it? He says, well, hold it, you know, hard enough that you don't throw it down the fairway. I mean, you know, it right. made a lot of sense. It was a pretty simple answer. But he said, that, you know, innately, I think we're all going to grab it to a certain extent to hold on to it. And, and I think, you know, really depending on the individual and the speed that you begin to create, I think as it gets faster and faster, there's going to be a little bit more uh, of a hold on there to, to hold the club and, and still be able to control it. I mean, you can swing it with a lot of speed totally out of control, but you have to have some sort of, of grip to, to keep it under control at that speed so you can still apply right. you know, the golf club to it properly to make it go not only with some distance but some direction. Right. And, and Bill, you know, Nicholas uh, always said, too, as, as uh, Jamie and, and uh, Pete have pointed out, that, you know, the swing really uh, is, is created with good footwork, too. Um, you know, it's not just the rest of the body, but the footwork. You know, Nicholas always referred to um, that, that good footwork and that. I, I want to talk to you, um, Bill. I want to give you the opportunity to talk a little bit more about uh, increasing uh, one's uh, distance, if you will. Um, I mentioned we were going to talk about that. So a lot of questions that I get is, how can I increase my distance in golf? Uh, obviously through strength and flexibility. And here are some things that, you know, increasing uh, the swing speed, uh, obviously ultimately therefore the, the shot distance with, with your clubs, uh, you know, increasing a driver, everybody wants to get an extra 10, 20, or even 30 yards. Um, and, and obviously ball striking accuracy and consistency is going to help to uh, reduce uh, our scores overall. But I think a lot of people, when they, you know, don't understand in golf, there is a different mapping of our strength and flexibility. For instance, you know, when we go to the gym, let's say, or a club to, to work out, you know, uh, we're looking to sort of, in a lot of ways, bulk up and, and you know, gain a certain amount of strength. But sometimes that's not always conducive um, in a golf game. So what really is a good strength and flexibility that's going to help us yield those good distances, but that's not um, counterintuitive or counterproductive? Uh, good points again, Ted. With the with the workout uh, regimens that a lot of players are getting into, I was told a long, long time ago, um, prior to myself playing college basketball, by a very, uh, very solid coach. You don't want your muscles short and tight. You want them long and strong. And I think that's one of the things we have to look at. It and even in other sports, if you go to the bygone eras, where we had uh, you know a pitcher for, per se that could throw 250 to 300 innings a year. And now they're throwing them out on a 89 pitch count. So I think it goes across right. all sports that we need to make sure that we're a little bit more long and strong, which is going to give us some more flexibility and range of motion as opposed to, uh, you know, bulking up and trying to get thick and short muscles um, because those, even on the beach, they aren't very good. So <laughs> no. um, you, you got to have that long and strong, I think is one of the things. And uh, you know, again, I can't say that enough. You know, the younger players that we work with, um, you got to make sure we have the good trainers and people who really know what they're doing to get in the body into, um, you know, into peak peak condition versus um, what I call an imbalanced strong position. Right, right. Well said. Um, all right. I want to shift now a little bit because, you know, one of the things that, that we often uh, – have a problem with as instructors is getting our students to get out and practice. And I think obviously by keeping it as simple as possible, um, I think that that will help 
and I think there's things that we can do, whether it be, um, you know, repeatable drills that, that may be uh, helping certain areas of the game, whether it be on the putting surface, uh, you know, chipping, you know, bunker play, that sort of thing that can make it fun. Um, but I've sort of narrowed down five keys to, to practicing uh, golf with a purpose. And um, Jamie, I'm going to go to you. Um, I'm going to read these out, and if you have some others or, or have a different take on it, you, by all means, throw it in there. And then I want to give each of you an opportunity um, to really sort of put um, a, a fine uh, point or period, if you will, to what really in your mind uh, are, are your keys to practicing golf with a purpose so that when your students go out there, what is it that you want to accomplish? What is it you want them to do? Uh, and what are going to be ultimately the results that they're going to see if they adhere to that that practice regime, if you will. So here are the five keys that I've put together. And then, um, Jamie, I'm going to go with you, and then uh, Pete, and then Bill. Um, practice the shots that you use most. Uh, in other words, if you're out uh, on, on the practice team, you're just hitting ball after ball after ball, um, some of those shots you may use, but a lot of them you may not. So what is your typical round? What are the shots that you're going to use most uh, out in the golf course that you typically play. Um, those are the ones that you're going to practice. You're not going to practice necessarily from a perfect lie all the time. You might have to find a, an area in the uh, green or range, if you will, that has a little bit of a slope to it. Uh, always, uh, my opinion, have a practice plan. In other words, have a specific plan how you want to spend your practice time. Uh, always find your target. In other words, don't just hit balls. Zero in on a target. Look out in the range. Uh, and find a target and also mix up your shots actually play a couple of holes think about you know visually the holes that you uh, maybe the first uh, and second and third hole of the course that you're familiar with and kind of visually mentally draw a picture in your mind of what each of those holes look like and play them out on the range um, and then don't be afraid to practice obviously on the course I mean obviously you have to be cognizant of slow play um, but that's another thing as well you can uh, kind of again play a little bit of a game uh, when you're out there maybe uh, playing with your buddy or something. So those are five keys that I think um, when you utilize those uh, and sort of st stick to those, I think that you'll you'll be able to practice with a purpose. So, Jamie, what are your thoughts on that? And do you have something else uh, that you typically like to uh, in instill into your students? Well, I like everything on your list. Um, I won't, uh, you know, go over them because I think that they're all great. Um, uh, uh, one I would add is trouble shots. Um, I've done whole weekend golf schools on trouble shots where we just, you know, work on uh, tilly lies and long grass and under trees and, you know, all the trouble shots. So the ball just up against the, the fringe so you can't take your putter back, you know, all these kinds of things. Um, right. I think we have to help people to not be so afraid of different shots. Just yesterday I did a playing lesson with a student of mine and um, she, there are a few clubs she doesn't like and she just didn't want to hit them. And I said, well, you know, what's today for? And so, I mean, we had to get through her resistance. Um, and now she's added a couple clubs and a couple shots um, to her repertoire. And she's going to practice them because we just broke through her mental block about them. Um, I'm going to offer something that's a little bit different um, in terms of practice. And it's a, it's a story I tell my students. And um, I'll, I'll just share it. It's called the banjo story. <laughs> and what it is is, Years ago, I wanted to play the banjo, and I'd never even seen one or held one, even though I played the guitar. So I walked into this banjo shop, and this woman said, hi, my name is Phyllis. You can call me Phil. I'm going to be your teacher. And I was like, okay, Phil. <laughs> you know. And um, she showed me forward rolls, backward rolls, alternating rolls to make the rolling sound of a banjo. 
uh, with my fingers. And I thought, well, that's cool. Um, and it was like moving my toes, you know, it was difficult. So I went home, I practiced that for a week. I came back, I'm kind of sounding like a banjo, da-da-da-da-da-da. Next week we did the same thing. I'm like, okay, I still need to work on that. I come back from my third lesson. What did we do? Same thing. By then I'm like, Phil, I think I'm ready. I'm, I'm rolling. Doesn't that sound good? She's like, who's the banjo sensei? You know, who's the banjo teacher? I'm like, you right. are. Went home, practiced. And fourth lesson, same thing. By then I was mad. I didn't want to pay her anymore. I'm like, I'm going too slow. <laughs> it was pretty funny. And she's like, just, you know, pay and go home. So I went home. I'm like, you know, bored. I'm just like, oh, I'm rolling so great. Fifth lesson, she finally showed me some fingering uh, for Cripple Creek, and I whipped off this beautiful song in like 10, 15 minutes. Well, you know, my what what was uh, happened there? Over the next month, I had a repertoire of about 10 songs. So in two months, I had a repertoire of about 10 songs, and they sounded really good because, number one, I could roll. Number two, my brain space was freed. So I didn't have to think about um, my right hand. I could just worry about my left hand and the tablature, right? So it was all about right. kind of brain space in a certain sense. She made me do that till you know, never had to think about it again. And it turns out I learned better and faster by her making me do that. Let's transfer that to golf. I show people um, the basic um, pattern of um, sort of, you know, backswing impact, a little bit of follow through, okay? Kind of pattern the golf swing. And so all shots, you know, for 20, 40, 60, say up to 100 yards. And I give my students the banjo challenge. <laughs> Will you give me your golf clubs? I'll confiscate them for two, three, four weeks. I'm put them in my garage, and you're going to practice just this core part of your swing. You're going to get really good at it. You're going to have more fun than I did because you can vary the distance of the shots. You can go left, right, short pins, long pins. You're going to be bored. You're hitting them so well. And then to add the fuller swing, just a little bit more backswing, a little bit more follow-through, you can add on your 8, 7, 6 iron, et cetera, all the way down to the big clubs. And uh, those who are willing to do that, and most people aren't, but I've had some people take me up on it for a while, they just improve so much because they have really taken time to go back and get the core of their swing working properly. And to a point where it's just happening, what we call muscle memory, you know, they're not thinking about it so much. Um, they've patterned their swing properly, and they've got correct sequence, and they're making great contact. They feel really confident in all those short shots, which is already improving their, their game and their scores. And the basic core of their swing is really solid. So when they add on the longer clubs and the fuller swings, they just come online. So I wanted to share that. I've never really talked about that publicly. I tell my students that. And like I say, those who have taken up the banjo challenge in their golf practice, first of all, they love practicing. They've really got something to practice. And number two, they end up taking a quantum leap. Great story, Jamie. I love that. You know, Pete, <laughs> before I get you to go, yeah, before I get you to, to go on, what I really love about that is the fact that a lot of times we give too much for students to do and they get confused and they get overwhelmed and they get frustrated by centering the focus on one task and getting it to the point where you become very proficient, then you can add on. Uh, I, I like that. That was a great uh, example, Jamie. Thank you very much for sharing that. Um, Pete, well, I, have to tell you, uh, Phil, I, I put together Phil five was, keys. Sorry. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, Phil, Phil was tough and it didn't make me happy at the time but I understood the wisdom of what she did with me later on. 
And, um, right. you know, it, it was, it was profound. And believe me, I was, I mean, I was a little younger too. I was like mouthing off and I didn't want to pay her anymore and come on and the whole thing. But boy, <laughs> did that pay off. And it, it was, uh, it's something I've learned, um, to, in my teaching from her that has been really profound. Yeah. Uh, I, I, lo- I love that. Um, Pete, what about you? Let's talk about some, some key fundamentals that you, want to put together in a practice session that's uh, going to help not only yield results, but keep them focused and interested in their practice sessions? Well, I have it all boiled down into video drills that I show them uh, that they can do. And it's really, it's really a two-phase process. Let me me start at the beginning. The first thing I, I try to get all of them to understand is cause and effect, because if they don't understand that from the beginning, then their practice becomes more of an experiment versus understanding what they're doing, what shots they're seeing, what's causing that to happen and what they have to do to fix it. So with, with the, when they don't have that, their practice sessions can get away from them pretty fast. So I always make sure right. at the beginning that, that we talk about cause and effect and you understand why you hit the shots you hit, what you're doing is causing these. And then I have, you know, these drills all pattern into uh, a specific practice routine. And, and I have that dialed out and, um, I actually have an Excel form that I send them and they can pattern it out to whatever practice schedule they can have on the days they want to do it. But it gives them specific drills to do. And it basically is a building block to the full swing. And they don't realize that at the start, but as they start to move doing these drills in these different types of, of areas, and some of them, they don't even use a ball. They're just doing drills. And yeah, it can get a little bit monotonous at times, but when they start to play, they start to realize that, hey, something's different here, and I've got more control over the ball, and it's, it's a lot more simple, and I'm scoring better. And so I've always gone to that, that same routine, and, and my students really get tired of me telling the same thing all the time. And I said, you know, that's a good thing that I'm telling you the same things all the time because we're working towards getting it done and getting it right. And, you know, if, if you're coming for a lesson and every time it's different, then, you know, how are we going to get any consistency into this thing? And so we're always working towards the same goal, and I let them know what that goal is, and then I've built the practice drills specifically to reach those goals. And so it gives them a variety of different things to practice, and everything's in there, putting, pitching, chipping, bunker play, and the full shots. And they're all varying drills and varying distances and different things that they do to build up to that. So. Um, you know, that's the one thing I've always done, but it's always rooted in cause and effect. I mean, that's the way I was taught. Um, you know, you, you talk about little stories. I remember when I first met John Jacobs with the swing that I had, um, <clears throat> we played the day before I shot five under, and then the next day walked up on the team and said, come with me, that's all wrong. And so we went over <laughs> to a downhill lie that was pretty severe, and he gave me a three-wood and a bunch of balls. He said, come back to me when you finally get one in the air and tell me what you learned. And, you know, and, and left it at that. And so I had to figure out, and yeah, I pretty much laid sod over top of the ball for a while, trying to figure out how to hit it off that because of the, the motion that I had. But I finally figured it out. But it was a great learning experience for me because it taught me how to figure it out for myself. And then I went up and explained to him what I found out. And he goes, okay, all right, let's move on to the next step. So, you know, pretty much the same thing in the story that uh, – that uh, Jamie was talking about is just, you know, you, you get something that you have to do and it, it at the time, it doesn't seem like it's helping anything, but in the long run, it really is. So 
Um, you know, there's just certain things like that, that, that stick with you that I think, um, you know, they're small in nature at the beginning and those drills and things that you do, but they, they, uh, reap huge benefits in the end. Yeah. You're, uh, well said. Great, great, uh, story, Pete. Thank you. Um, you're, you're exactly right, guys. You know, I, I remember uh, a few years back, there was a gentleman that, um, was struggling with his game and, and, uh, I, I decided to, to help him a little bit. And uh, so, he, you know, he signed up for a few lessons. I'll just keep it very brief. And then, Bill, I want to give you an opportunity um, to finish the, your thoughts. Um, and one of the things that he would do every time is, you know, he wanted to learn something new. He wanted something new. And we would do a quick review of what we did the last week. And he was always, you know, I won't say evasive, but just didn't want to sort of go over that because he felt, well, you know, we, we talked about that last week. And it goes to really both of your points is that there's a reason why certain things have to be repetitive. Um, it's great to, you know, we all want to learn something new, but in order to become proficient in any skill, regardless of what it is, there's a certain amount of repetition that needs to be done. And when somebody comes to you and doesn't want to go through that process, then they're really not serious about improving. They just want to be able to say, well, hey, you know, I, I did something different today or I did this today. Um, but very few people that I've ever seen can master, uh, certainly some people have natural talents and things like that, but very few people can master certain things in a very, very short time without some repetition. So when you see somebody, uh, again, that's sort of uh, trying to go through that process very quickly, uh, more often than not, it, uh, it, it just is not a good situation. And ultimately, after about three or so lessons, I just said, "Low, this is not going to work. And you know, I sent him on his way, and, and there was a reason for that. You know, I, I don't want to waste his time because obviously he's looking for something different, and I don't want to waste my time because in order to become a better golfer, there are certain things that you're going to have to uh, do regardless of what level you might be at. Um, Bill, I want to give you an opportunity to, to wrap things up uh, with some keys that you might have. Um, some may be in conjunction with what we've already discussed and maybe some other things that you do in order to get your students to practice with purpose and to become uh, a better all-around player? Well, Ted, with a, a lot of players, they, they have a hard time finding the time to practice. So one of the things that I really try to focus on is that quality trumps quantity. Um, you know, mm -hmm. finding ways with a, a small bucket of balls to get a very effective practice in where they're going to be gaining something. And I, I'm very heavy on drills for the part of the swing that they need to work on to really become more efficient. Um, both the, stre the strength of their game, one that will strengthen the things that they do good, but also a drill that will also help the things that they're a little deficient on. Um, secondly, I really like to add in game-like practice um, because that's, right. every session could have a bit of that because how many players will tell you, I was great on the range. I was great in practice. I get to the first tee or the 10th tee, and I'm a mess. And I make a little joke. I said, well, you got to realize yep. every golf course has a little magnet near the first or 10th tee that saps all your golf knowledge and ability and confidence away from you. So what we're going to do is we're <laughs> going to give you something to, to block out that magnet. And, um, you know, and I find by doing this, the, uh, you know, simple things and even giving them some drills that they can do with, at home without a ball. Um, to build that confidence where they're, they're keeping themselves, you know, making the motions that they have to to hit good shots as opposed to worrying about position. 
And I think that, you know, going through it this way, I've had tons of success with all levels of players really getting themselves um, up to a new level. Right, right, exactly. Well said. Um, and, and, you know, guys, something, too, that I, I don't think a lot of amateurs understand is, you know, when you're playing a round of golf, each hole is like a new canvas, if you were a painter, for an example. And when you come up to that first tee, you're not going to see that hole again throughout the golf course. So each hole that you play requires a different thought process, uh, requires different visual cues that you're going to see. You're going to see on this particular hole, maybe that you've got bunkers uh, in the fairway, uh, you know, say 200 yards out on the right. Uh, maybe you've got a, you know, water hazard running along the left. And you're going to play that a certain way. And you're not going to play that same way every single hole. So when you're practicing the same shots on the range time and time again, and you're not mixing it up, then you're not really, as you put it, Bill, uh, you're not really game-like training uh, or game-like practicing. You're just hitting the same shot every time. Well, you're not going to be faced with the same shot out in the golf course because you're not going to be faced with the same hole on the golf course throughout throughout 18 holes. So you have to be able to practice different things uh, you know, not only in your mind, but when you're out on the practice tee, that's what it's for. It's there to practice, not just to become a better ball striker, but to practice the types of shots that you're going to need when you go out in the golf course. Just like when you, uh, you know, in business, you practice certain things in order to prepare, whether it be for a presentation uh, or, uh, you know, some other uh, function within a company. You practice certain skills in order to get a, an end result. And I think that's where a lot of our amateurs uh, seem to fall short is they want to practice the same thing all the time and expecting a different result when they get out in the golf course uh, faced with a different obstacle than what they were uh, dealing with on the range. So that's something that I think that we uh, all would agree we have to incorporate in our practice sessions to make sure that they're practicing things that they're going to be using out in the golf course because the situation is going to change. And I think that's something that um, from time to time I think we all have a difficult uh, time trying to get students to understand is that it's great to hit golf shots on the range, but if you're hitting shots that you're not going to use out on the golf course, um, then you're not really practicing effectively. Um, great discussion tonight, guys. So I want to thank you for uh, uh, for uh, always bringing your best and, and having some great uh, thoughts and discussion on our topic. Um, I'm going to go down the line again. Um, we'll start with Bill and then Jamie and then Pete. Um, let the folks know where they can reach out and uh, anything that you want to uh, quickly plug. Uh, yeah. Simplest way to get me is uh, just my website, billabramsgolf.com. It's got an email option there and uh, gives you some wonderful opportunities. I'm also going to have an app available uh, May 15th with Swing U that will be available on Android and on Apple devices in the App Store. Um, I'll be at Balmoral Woods uh, starting today through the beginning of October. Um, so I'll be just south of the city of Chicago. And please feel out, feel free to reach out to me at any point in time, and I'd love to discuss your game. Perfect. Thank you, Bill. Um, Jamie, you as well. Yes. Um, well, I, as you know, Ted, I travel a lot. I do a lot of corporate speaking, and then I do seminars and, and different things. Um, so uh, you know, people can reach me, and if they're interested, I'll just mention a few cities I'm going to be in in the coming months, um, Seattle, Calgary, uh, Boise, San Diego, Chicago, 
and I'm located near Lake Tahoe and uh, also in the Bay Area. So, you know, if uh, anyone's in those areas, I also have started doing a lot of Skype lessons, and they've been really, really very helpful um, because we can see each other. We can, uh, I can give people drills. We talk a lot about the sort of mind-body game, mental uh, mind and course management. They've been just really, really fun and helpful. So I want to put that out. And people can reach me at um, on my website, which is kiigolf.com, K-I-A-I golf.com, or email me at jamie, J-A-M-I-E, at kiigolf.com. Um, Facebook, and also my phone. I actually answer my phone and, and get back to people um, from voicemail. So that's 760-492-4653. 4653, of course, is golf. And and I did want to just add Perfect. one thing. Perfect. Thank you. you. Were talking about, Ted, as you were talking about repetition, yep. um, I think it's important to understand there's a little bit of neuroscience behind that. And that is that when we physically perform an action, our brain cells grow these little things called dendrites, and those and it takes a while um, to grow them, and then they start finding each other. And when they connect, that's what we call a neuromuscular pathway. So by re- repetition, like when we were in first grade, we wrote a lot of A, A, B, B, C, C. That's how we learned the alphabet. You write a whole bunch of them so that you learn them, then it gets easier to write them. That's because your brain has grown these little dendrites and they've connected. Now we have a neuromuscular pathway. And so that's why it takes, you know, 21 to 30 days to make a habit, why we need to repeat, and why when in a golf lesson we show somebody something and they hit a few balls and they go, ah, it doesn't work. <laughs> um, right. It's so frustrating. It's like you got to work on it right. to actually develop those pathways right. well, and because otherwise you do your default thing. Which is your old habit. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well said, Jamie. And Pete, finally, uh, where can the folks reach out to you and anything that you want to plug? Uh, they can reach me at plainsimplegolf.com. The, the plate is P-L-A-N-E. All my contact information is out there. And also they can look at uh, some of the online instruction that I do, which is, as you and I have talked about, Ted, is the vast majority of, of what I do is online instruction. And uh, so they can contact me and we get started that way. And, uh, again, as always, Ted, it's, it's always great to be on, and I want to thank you for uh, having this platform and, and allowing us the ability to be able to do this. So thanks again. I appreciate it, guys, and always thank you for uh, your thoughts and input to the show. Without you, obviously, it wouldn't be as successful as it is, and uh, I look forward to having you guys back on next time. So have a great uh, weekend. Enjoy uh, hopefully some good weather, and uh, hopefully the rain will stop wherever it's raining and, and get some sunshine out. You guys can get out in the golf course and maybe play a little bit yourself. But thank you as always, guys. I appreciate your time and effort uh, into the program, and I look forward to coming back. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, thanks for having so much to all you. of you. Absolute pleasure. Yeah, thanks for having thanks, me, Ted. Say hi to Peter, everybody. too, okay? All right, sounds good. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right, that was the Coach's Corner panel. Uh, Bill Abrams, Pete Buchanan, and Jamie Leno-Zimron uh, join me here on uh, Golf Talk Live's Coach's Corner panel. And as mentioned, uh, that was sponsored by GolfSwing.com. Speaking of which, here's just a short little audio clip uh, to tell you a little bit more about GolfSwing.com. Are you finally ready to improve your golf game? GolfSwing.com is changing the way golfers learn online. With the largest collection of golf training programs and drills on the planet, GolfSwing.com can help you improve every part of your game. Whether you want to gain more distance, hit it closer, or just sink more putts, 
GolfSwing.com staff of world-class coaches can help you gain the results you need. Watch unlimited videos on any device from anywhere in the world and start playing better, scoring lower, having more fun, and saving money. Get your fix on demand at GolfSwing.com. All right. Once again, thank you to the folks at GolfSwing.com for sponsoring the Coach's Corner panel. I appreciate, as always, uh, their support of the program and uh, always very interesting uh, topics and discussions on the program uh, during the panel discussion. I love having uh, the folks here and, and uh, of course, next uh, next week I'll have another great panel on. All right, my very special guest tonight, uh, while I wait for you, I'm just going to tell you a little bit about him and then when he's uh, ready, I will uh, bring him on. Uh, most of you, if you've been around golf at all, <clears throat> excuse me, you know this gentleman, uh, Peter Kessler. He's uh, all, always been known as the golf announcer and known as the voice uh, because of his unique uh, uh, deep voice. Uh, Peter was the voice of HBO Sports from 1990 through 95, narrating uh, Peabody, Ace, and Emmy Award-winning documentaries, including When It Was a Game, When It Was a Game 2, uh, The Boxing Trilogy, In This Corner, and The Sweet Science. Uh, the premier talent of Golf Channel from 1995 through 2002, Peter hosted, wrote, and produced over 1,300 live one-hour episodes of four different shows, including Golf Talk Live, Academy Live, Viewers Forum, and, of course, Masters Highlights. An active fixture in the golf industry, Peter has been featured in multiple golf publications around the world, including cover stories in both Golf World and Golf Week. Uh, his expertise and historical acumen uh, was the subject of a 10-page profile and interview in Golf Digest. Additionally, Peter has produced programs for Callaway Golf, Adams Golf, Gary Player Golf, and, of course, Bobby Jones Golf. Uh, the first voice on the PGA Tour Network, Peter also wrote and hosted a daily show from uh, 2005 through 2015. Uh, his podcast on iTunes was rated number one uh, golf podcast excuse me, for 2014 and 15. Uh, continually sought uh, for narration work, Peter has provided... Uh, voiceover talent for American Express, the NBA, uh, the USTA, and the Boys and Club Girls of America. And uh, you can find his great podcast, Reading the Break, uh, where all uh, podcasts uh, are good podcasts are fine, rather. Um, and it's uh, very interesting. It's a, a free podcast woven from the history of the game, uh, hosted, of course, by uh, masterful storyteller himself, uh, golf historian Peter Kessler. So uh, when Peter's ready, I will bring him on the show. And uh, we'll hopefully uh, have a very interesting, little different discussion tonight. I'm, I'm going to surprise him a little bit, uh, and I hope he's uh, a game, which I'm sure he will. But um, also let me remind everybody while I wait for Peter um, that every Tuesday morning here uh, on the blogtalkradio.com network, of course, I have another show called The Women of Golf, who most of you are probably familiar with, uh, with my co-host with my good friend, LPGA Professional Legends Tour player, Cindy Miller. Uh, we always have some very interesting guests. Uh, usually we start off uh, during uh, in the uh, thick of things, if you will, uh, with some of the winners from the Symmetra Tour. Of course, that's the feeder tour into the LPGA. Uh, and uh, next week, uh, we're going to be having the winner uh, join us from the uh, Murphy USA El Dorado shootout, uh, which was last week. And uh, unfortunately, she wasn't able to make it for the Tuesday, but she's coming on this uh, upcoming Tuesday. And then we'll have another great guest to follow that as well. So, uh, a lot of great young ladies going to be coming on, so make sure every Tuesday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern uh, here on the blogtalkradio.com network uh, that you join Cindy and I uh, as we host some of the great uh, young ladies uh, coming off the Symmetra Tour uh, winners and uh, also uh, some other uh, 
industry women and men that are helping to elevate women's golf. So it's a, a great uh, podcast, and I definitely want you guys to uh, uh, to follow that. You can either uh, go to blogtalkradio.com and just type in women of golf, and uh, you can join us live again on Tuesdays from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern, uh, or you can go to the on-demand section by just simply scrolling down uh, once you get to that link uh, page, and uh, you can visit the on-demand section and listen to all of the previously aired uh, broadcasts when it's convenient for you. Um, and then, of course, uh, here at uh, Golf Talk Live, which airs every Thursday from 6 to 8 p.m. Central here on the same network, blogtalkradio.com. Um, now, some other great ways, too, that uh, maybe you're not familiar with, uh, if you've just recently uh, been joining the program over the last few weeks, some other great ways, which, of course, I will play on the outro at the end of the show, but I'm going to tell you just a few of them. Uh, CastBox, if you go to castbox.com, uh, that's another great way that, that uh, services a lot of great podcasts, including uh, both of mine, uh, the Women of Golf and Golf Talk Live. Uh, you can actually go there and subscribe through uh, CastBox. It's free. Uh, a lot of great podcasts there. Uh, and again, if you go there, and what that will do is that will allow you to uh, get updates uh, when new episodes come out, and it will also allow you to go through it. Uh, carries an on-demand section as well. Uh, another great way uh, for those of you that like to use Spotify. Spotify is also another great platform. Uh, that will allow you uh, to do the same thing. So you can just uh, search Golf Talk Live or Women of Golf on Spotify and uh, save those in your favorites, and you'll be able to access there. So while you're listening to your music and you want to switch over and listen to some great uh, golf discussion on either Golf Talk Live or the Women of Golf, uh, you can do that on Spotify. Uh, also, it's available at iTunes, Stitcher, uh, TuneIn, and also TalkStream uh, Live is another uh platform as well. So any of those platforms, uh, or you can just come to uh, blogtalkradio.com, and as I said, either forward, forward slash Golf Talk Live or the Women of Golf, and you can just click follow, and that will allow you to follow the shows on any of those platforms. So um, whichever way works for you guys, I would love to have you tune into the broadcast. The audience is continually growing each and every year. I'm very, very pleased with the results, and uh, it's uh, two great shows obviously slightly different formats for each, um, but I think you'll enjoy them. Um, as I said, I'm just waiting for uh, Peter to join me here in just a few moments. Uh, I was actually uh, ran a little bit earlier. Uh, the last segment actually ran a little shorter than what I normally would, um, but um, as soon as Peter is uh, ready, I will uh, I will bring him on, and we will continue uh, with uh, my interview with, uh, of course, uh, Mr. Peter Kessler. Um, you know, one of the stories that I shared, and I'll do it very quickly here while I wait for him, um, that I actually shared with, with Peter when he came on the first time, and uh, we talked a little bit about it the second time. Um, one of the things that I really enjoyed and what really prompted me uh, to do what I'm doing now was watching Peter uh, when he originally uh, started up with the uh, uh, the golf channel. And um, I, I was always very impressed by the way that he put his productions together. Of course, as I mentioned, he wrote... Uh, and produced and hosted uh, many different productions on the Golf Channel. He was really incremental uh, in, in launching uh, the, the Golf Channel uh, platform. And uh, I think the way that, uh, that he did it uh, was, uh, in my opinion, one of the best that I've seen. And uh, that was one of the reasons why when I first had the opportunity to have him come on the show, I was very excited to have him because not only is he a great golf historian and obviously he knows his uh, players and he knows the the business uh, inside and out, but um, he just had a, a, a presence that he carried himself on the Golf Channel that uh, really, uh, in my opinion, is is lacking today. Um, not to 
uh, say that as a criticism to some of the other folks that are on the Golf Channel, uh, but Peter just had a unique style and and uh, and uh, I really enjoyed uh, watching uh, him in uh, on those earlier days, and I know that he's carried that in every uh, aspect of his profession, and uh, it, it says a lot about the, the individual that he is and the professional that he is, and I think that was just something that left a mark on me that as I came into uh, doing these broadcasts that I wanted to kind of emulate. And, and one of the things that really hit home for me was his ease and, and comfort in making others feel comfortable uh, during those interviews. So I've always tried to do that here on the show as well. And uh, that was something that I took away from watching him for all of those years on the Golf Channel. So um, I, I have, owe him a, a debt of thanks, if you will. Uh, for getting me to where I am at this point. But um, as I said, I will uh, bring him on here in just a moment. Let me remind everybody, of course, uh, again, we are live every uh, Thursday evening from 6 to 8 p.m. Central here on the blogtalkradio.com network. Um, some other things, too, if you want to follow me on uh, social media, you can go to uh, Facebook and you can type in my name. It's Ted Odorico, and it's O-D-O-R-I-C-O uh, is the... Um, correct spelling of my last name. Uh, you can follow me on Facebook. I've got actually two Facebook pages. I had to start a second one because I maxed out on the connection. So if you just uh, get the second one, you can just like the page and be able to follow. And I update uh, uh, the different shows and things like that. You can also go to Golf Talk Live blog on Facebook as well and follow Golf Talk Live and or the Women of Golf uh, show as well. You can follow the Facebook page there and I update both of the shows uh, respectively there. Um, the other thing, too, that you can also do is you can go to uh, Twitter, and I've got two uh, Twitter accounts. Uh, one is Ted and Buck CEO, CEO is in capital letters, and the other one is a new one that I've just started, which is the iGolf Sports Network, and I'll tell you a little bit more about that uh, in the future. Uh, that's something that I'm going to be launching next year, uh, which is a, a full broadcast and media production company. That'll be coming out in early uh, 2020. So, uh, but you can go to iGolf Sports at iGolf Sports, and you can follow uh, that Twitter account or my personal account at Ted and Buck CEO. I'm also on LinkedIn under my personal name, and also for those of you uh, that uh, are on Alignable, uh, another great social media platform, which is mainly for business, but uh, you can also connect with me there if you're a business uh, anywhere in the U.S. or Canada. Uh, you can go there, and I'm under Ted and Buck C. Or sorry, Ted and Buck Golf Enterprises uh, is the uh, uh, business which uh, my platform there, and uh, you can connect with me there if you're a business. Like I said, anywhere in the United States or Canada, uh, you can sign on to Alignable.com, uh, which is A-L-I-G-N-A-B-L-E.com, and uh, you can connect with me under the business platform there, and it's Ted and Buck Golf Enterprises LLC. Um, so it's just some, some great ways that you can connect with me, and uh, I appreciate all of the new people following and, and connecting with me on those various, and as I mentioned, also on LinkedIn as well. Um, I think Peter's probably running a little bit uh, behind here, so my apologies, and I am going to see if I can just send him a quick message just to remind him, and there we go. I will do that while we wait. And there we go. All right. As I said, my guest tonight, uh, hopefully if everything works out, will be Peter Kessler. And uh, we'll just wait for him to, uh, to connect here, as I said, in just a moment. And um, 
in the meantime, I think what I will do is um, just remind everybody, of course, that uh, golfswing.com, uh, who has been a great supporter of the Coach's Corner uh, segment of the uh, uh, of the uh, broadcast, is uh, they've got a great online video academy. If you go to golfswing.com after the show, and you can uh, check them out, and uh, you can join very, very, uh, very easily. It's, uh, I think it's just a little under $20 a month, and uh, they've got literally thousands of uh, great uh, video instruction from some of the best um, guys, if you will, that are out there. And uh, if you go to golfswing.com, uh, you'll be able to, to check those out. And I'm just waiting to see. Okay, I haven't gotten back from him yet. All right. Well, again, my apologies uh, for the delay. Hopefully, Peter will be here shortly. I'm just waiting to get a response from him. He may be running a little bit uh, late getting home. And uh, as I said, I will bring him out as soon as he's ready. And hopefully, that will be soon. Um, in the meantime, I will play the golfswing.com advertisement one more time. Are you finally ready to improve your golf game? Golfswing.com is changing the way golfers learn online. With the largest collection of golf training programs and drills on the planet, Golfswing.com can help you improve every part of your game. Whether you want to gain more distance, hit it closer, or just sink more putts, Golfswing.com staff of world-class coaches can help you gain the results you need. Watch unlimited videos on any device from anywhere in the world and start playing better, scoring lower, having more fun, and saving money. Get your fix on demand at Golfswing.com. All right, as I said, that was uh, Golfswing.com's advertisement. And if you visit their um, uh, website, as I said, after the show, uh, you can check out their great online video platform. It's very, very reasonable. I think it's uh, about $18, if I'm not mistaken. It's under $20, I know that. Um, but if you uh, sign up for their uh, online video, I think they even offer one month free uh, with a, th- a minimum of three-month uh, purchase, if I'm not mistaken, and you can check them out. But um, anyways, uh, visit their website uh, after the show, and I will uh, guarantee it that the instructors uh, that are featured on there will be able to help you uh, do that. So um, as I said, I'm going to give Peter just a a little bit longer. Um, As I said, I've just uh, sent him a message a few more, a few minutes ago, and uh, he may be running a little bit late, but we'll see if uh, maybe something's come up and he's not going to be available for some reason. If that's the case, then I will reschedule uh, when it's uh, convenient uh, for him to come back on. But uh, uh, as I said, Peter's a, a very interesting gentleman. I've uh, had the pleasure of watching him for, for many, many years, as I mentioned on the Golf Channel, uh, when he uh, Golf Channel first came on air. And, uh, you know, he always had, a, as I said earlier, a very unique style and uh, uh, grace, if you will, and, and eloquence, if you will, in, in how he uh, carried himself on the program. And I know a lot of people uh, miss that that coverage. You know, he had... I remember through many of the uh, uh, different platforms that he used on, on the program, uh, one that really stood out to me was that he had a uh, sort of a fireside chat, if you will, with a lot of the players. And uh, it really sort of felt like you were sitting right there 
uh, in the conversation, uh, which was, um, you know, something that's that's missing today. Uh, today, it's just sort of a very artificial look, and uh, that was something that was always uh, impressed me uh, about the formats that he he created and produced uh, for the Golf Channel. I wish they would bring something a little bit more like that. I know they've tried to do something similar, but it just doesn't seem to have the same uh, flavor, if you will. But um, but anyways, um, that was something that uh, I used to watch and, and enjoy uh, with uh, with him on, being on on the uh, the program. Um, but uh, hopefully he will uh, make it this evening, and uh, we'll have a great discussion. Otherwise, as I said, I will uh, make a point of bring him on uh, another date when it's convenient for him. Um, again, very quickly, let me just remind everybody. Uh, if you go to blogtalkradio.com on Tuesday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern, uh, my good friend, LPJ professional Cindy Miller and I will be there hosting the Women of Golf show, and we'll have a great uh, guest coming up, the winner from the Murphy USA uh, Eldorado shoot, shootout from last weekend. Uh, will be uh, joining us and another great guest to follow, uh, and then I'll be back next week with another uh, very interesting guest following the Coach's Corner panel, so you want to make sure you uh, stay tuned for that. Um, as I said, I'll just give uh, Peter just a, a couple of more minutes here. Uh, I suspect that he's uh, been tied up with something, and and uh, and uh, there's a conflict with his schedule. Uh, and then if uh, if that uh, ends up being the case, then I will uh, end the uh, broadcast and a little earlier than I planned, and uh, we will uh, uh, endure to reschedule him for uh, another time. So. Um, but uh, yeah, so Tuesday mornings go to uh, blogtalkradio.com forward slash women of golf at 9 a.m. Uh, and Thursday nights, uh, 6 to 8 p.m. Central here or 7 to 9 uh, Eastern, uh, again on the blogtalkradio.com network. And if you can't join live for some reason, if you're not able to join live, uh, if you go to the on demand sections on both of those uh, programs, and they will have all of the previously aired shows uh, in their entirety, so you can listen to anything that you might have missed. Uh, other great ways, again, are castbox.com, Spotify, uh, iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, and TalkStream Live uh, is another platform as well. Uh, again, just search Golf Talk Live and Women of Golf Show, and you can just click follow or subscribe. In some cases, they're all, it's all free, uh, and you can listen to whatever platform's uh, good for you. So I appreciate if you do that, and don't forget to follow me uh, on social media. Um, and again, uh, I'm on Facebook under Ted Odorico, and you can also follow the shows as well uh, on Facebook and uh, and Twitter. So uh, check those out when you get a chance and uh, and connect with me there. All right, I'm going to assume that uh, Peter has been uh, tied up for some reason, not literally, hopefully, uh, but something else has, has come up. And uh, I'm going to uh, end the, uh, the program a little bit earlier. My apologies, and uh, I will uh, endure to uh, to get him back on. Uh, on another date, but uh, I appreciate everybody tuning in for Coach's Corner, and again, my apologies uh, uh, tonight that uh, Peter was not able to join us, um, but I will make sure that I get him on here on a future show uh, as quickly as I can, and uh, we'll have a, a great discussion at that point, but on that note, thank you very much for everybody for uh, tuning in uh, to Golf Talk Live, and I will see you next week with another great round of Coach's Corner and an insightful interview with my special guest. God bless everybody. Have a great weekend. Thanks for listening to this evening's broadcast at Golf Talk Live. Remember to tune in each week at blogtalkradio.com forward slash golf talk live.
you can't join us live, check out the on-demand section for previously aired broadcasts. Or listen on any of the following social media platforms. iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, CastBox, TalkStream Live, and of course, Spotify. To get updates on future shows and upcoming guests, be sure to visit the show's Facebook page, Golf Talk Live Blog. You can also follow me on Twitter at Ted and Buck CEO. Remember to join me live each week for another great broadcast of Golf Talk Live. See you next time. This has been a production of the iGolf Sports Network.